to another Spotlight podcast. This week we have the official Liverpool Sporter Club from Pittsburgh. And with me is the chairman of the club, uh, Jody Fleming Jr. Jody, thanks for joining us. Hey, thanks hey. for having me. And everybody calls me Loaf. They probably won't know who I am if you say Jody. So <laughs> They're going to be like, who is this guy on the podcast out of us? <laughs> So let's start with you, I guess. Uh, if you want to like to tell the listeners, uh, how long have you been a Liverpool supporter and uh, how did you come about being a Liverpool supporter? Okay. Um, so for me, I started really following the team in 06. Um, the first match I ever watched live was the Gerard Final FA Cup. Um, I knew nothing about Istanbul. So like everybody says, oh, you, you started following after 05 and you just jumped the bandwagon. I didn't know it existed. Um, <laughs> so it was just one of those things where a couple buddies got together and the game was on and I was, it was just pretty cool and, and just happened to be Liverpool. And, and that was a very entertaining match and just went from there. Um, one of the main reasons why it was Liverpool though, is when I was in college, I pledged a frat. And when you pledge a frat, as you may or may not know, you get a big brother and a big sister. Well, my big brother, um, he was a decent soccer fan. And when he graduated and went to law school, he met up with a guy who was a huge Liverpool fan. And uh, just from him watching it and then getting me into it, and that that's where it took off. So... You know, 13 years later, here we are. Um, if you would have told me a southwestern Pennsylvania boy would be a huge soccer fan when I'm an adult, I, I would have probably beat you up because southwestern PA is all about football. Um, Texas oh, and southwestern. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah, exactly. It's another Texas over there. Uh, so, so, so before then, though, like during like, you know, childhood, high school and stuff like that, you were never interested in soccer, never watched soccer? That's kind of like how it started or – Never really watched it. I mean, I, I, I watched the World Cup and when it was in the U.S. Um, everybody plays soccer around here until you're old enough to play football. And then once you hit that age where you can start playing tackle football, then that's what we did. Um, so I literally didn't play soccer from the time I was five until, you know, we'll get into it later. But when we have Supporters Cup tournaments and stuff like that, so 30 years. Um you hit the age of five, six, and you start playing football. And then uh, being from Pittsburgh, that's right around the time that Mario Lemieux came and the deck hockey scene took off and the ice hockey scene. So you played a lot of hockey in Southwestern PA. Gotcha. So how did the, the you know, forming the Sporter Club and, you know, like bringing the community together come about? So uh, the way we formed LFC Pittsburgh, um, there was – there, there's a pub in Pittsburgh where it's a, it's an, it's the soccer bar. Um, it's not really, uh, how do I want to word it? It's not an official pub of anybody. Um, so they show all matches. And after my buddy got back from, from law school, we started going every weekend. And as you would go, you would start to see the same couple people over and over again. And just one day we were like, you know, um, we had noticed that, um, Chelsea down in Pittsburgh, they, they were a supporters group. And we started asking questions about, you know, what the differences were. And it pretty much formed from three guys. We sat down, had a few pints and started discussing things. Um, and at the time, this would have been 
2011, 2012, somewhere around there, Liverpool wasn't accepting any new official supporters groups. Um, so we had to wait our turn. And so what we ended up doing was every time we went to the pub, I took a notebook with me and I got people's email addresses. I got, um, you know, screen names and things like that. That's back when you actually communicated over like AOL and stuff. Um, <laughs> but you won't reveal anybody's age. Keep going. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, and we started doing that. And then um, I reached out to the Baltimore group, the Chicago group, the, the New York group, the, the really big ones for, for you know, um, advice on how to start forming it. And then we found out about how you needed to have so many official memberships through the club and things like that. Little did I know that there was a ton of Liverpool fans in Pittsburgh. Um, I don't know if it's from the Steel City and, you know, how Liverpool's a, a blue-collar town. I don't know if that was something that, that uh, uh, pulled each other in. But um, next thing you knew, we had a, a list of 50 names. And out of those 50, I would say at least 20 of them were already official paid members. So we already had our, our base amount. I think you have to have 15 paid and... Uh, 50 total or something like that. I don't remember the exact numbers, but by the time we actually applied for membership through Liverpool, we had well over 35 paid members and upwards of 100 um, regulars, I guess you could say. So we got approved uh, 2014. We're the class of 2014. So this is our fifth anniversary. Yeah, and was it like challenging to find like were you guys do you guys still use the same bar where it all started or have you guys found like a newer location that's just like for so, Liverpool? We've had um we've had our fair share of 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 uh turbulence trying to find a pub. Um so we ended up where like I said, the, the, the pub that everybody goes to, if if you're not there when it opens at seven you may not get a seat. So if Liverpool plays, a, say they play Man U at 11, you have to get there at 6.30, wait in line, and then you can get in. But you may not know which TV it's on, so on and so forth. So we started discussing, and um, a couple of uh, representatives from Carlsberg actually approached us. Um, just one day they showed up to the pub, and, and they were looking to get their name out, and we were looking to get our name out. And we put on a search for, for a pub and we found one. Um, it wasn't in the city proper, but it was right through mass transit and everything. And we moved there um, the 2016 season. I remember our first match there was the Stoke City match where Coutinho uh, smashed that, that late winter in. Um, and we stayed there for a couple seasons. And then just this past year, that bar got bought by a big conglomerate and they no longer wanted to really host and can't blame them. Um, so we moved to a little place. Literally, as soon as we moved there, something out of our um, hands, we, we couldn't control it. We got dropped by them also. So a week before the Champions League final, we were homeless. Oh, and, God. Yeah. So we had a, there's a bar um, in Pittsburgh, and it's called Industry Public House. They have two two locations. They have a location closer to the airport, which is the bigger one, and then they have one in a suburb called Lawrenceville. 
Um, and Lawrenceville is, I don't want to use the word hipster, but it's kind of hipsterish. Um, a lot of breweries and things like that down there. It's pretty cool, actually. But um, so the Everton group actually uses the Lawrenceville location. And the general manager had contacted us, and he's a big Liverpool fan. And he said that he's always wanted to try to get us to come there um, just out of selfishness for himself. And so we went there for the Champions League final, and it was amazing. Um, the place was packed. You know, we, we kicked all the Carlsberg by, I want to say, the 20-minute mark of the first half. They, they were out of Carlsberg. Um, and we just, over the summer, we started discussing it, and they're a new home, and we couldn't be happier. Um, and the cool thing is, is like when we have Merseyside Derbies and things like that, we had always talked about doing a home and home, but I always felt kind of rude, like cheating, quote unquote, on our home bar by going someplace else. But now that they're owned by the same group, we can go back and forth with, with, without hassle. So we're probably going to do some some home and home Merseyside Derbies and things like that. Wow, that, that sounds eventful. Uh, <laughs> so it, what does the challenge come from? Is it like, you know, the times of the games or is it like the number of people? Like where, I mean, obviously different situations are because of like, you know, different reasons. But overall, I know like a lot of the supporter clubs as they start out or, you know, like there's groups that are trying to get the, you know, the official title. Um, I think the biggest, is it the timing of the games that causes the most, like the biggest issue? So it's it's the in, in Pittsburgh. There's a couple of things, and, and I'm not saying this is just relative to Pittsburgh, but um, to find a bar that if you're butting up against the Steeler game on Steeler Sunday, you're not going to have airtime. They're going to put the Steeler game on every time, no matter what. Um, so our biggest thing was a 7:30 Burnley match. We may only draw five or six people, and the pubs were like, "It's not worth us to open up." Um, to pay staff and things like that. So they started putting a uh, requirement on at least 15 to 20 people needed to RSVP by Thursday of the week um, of match week. And if we didn't have 15 to 20 people, then they wouldn't open up early for us. Um, so it was very embarrassing when you would have other uh, official supporters groups and have their, you know, their committee members text you and say hey i'm coming in what time is the match and you got you have to tell them oh our pub's not opening um oh, wow. so when we started having that issue that's when we started looking around um, and like i said you know every door that closes leads to another one all those cliches and things like that but every challenge that we have had so far um if it's led us to where we are now with industry then i i couldn't be happier um, so uh, they, they have all the subscription services that we need. They have BR Live, they have ESPN Plus. Um, they even offered to stream the, uh, the preseason matches this year. And we had people show up for preseason matches, which we usually didn't have in years past. Um, so yeah, it was, it was more of finding a bar that would open early and also finding a bar that even whenever Liverpool and the Steelers, while they may not but up exactly against each other. We had issues where if it was an 11 o'clock match on Sunday, the game was getting over at one, just as the Steelers were kicking off. While 12:30, they wanted to put the pre the, the pregame on and things like that. So 
that that was one of the main issues. Like I said, Pittsburgh's football all the way. So it's a losing battle that you're not going to win. Gotcha. And, you know, like sounds like uh, you didn't have as much of a I mean, most group uh, founders I've spoken to, like during these spotlights, like the, their main issue was really like building up the numbers. Looks like you guys had the numbers like gradually build before, you know, like in those two, three years. And then uh, it was like finding the location looks like was like the bigger part of the challenge. I mean, did you do anything special aside from, I know you mentioned, you know, like kind of like overtime building the names, jotting them down. I mean, did you do anything special to kind of like, uh, like increase those numbers, the like the, the pool, if you will, that you can like get members from? So, so what we did was one of the first things we did was started a Facebook page. So not just not a group page, but just an actual page that anybody can search for. And we set it up to where when somebody would, would like the page, we would send them a message and say, you know, um, shoot, you know, me or the vice chair or somebody like that. Shoot us a message and, and you know, we can get some information off of you. And after the page started growing exponentially, then we, we moved into Twitter. Um, and then we started a group page on Facebook. And the group page is where a lot of the people can get together. We can create events and invite everyone. Um, so it was really social media really helped us out. Um, and just the fact that there are so few places in Pittsburgh that showed Premier League soccer, everybody was congregating the same place week in and week out and you know you see somebody in a red shirt oh hey man you know do you know about lsc pittsburgh one of the other things we did and it sounds corny and cheesy but all the committee members had business cards made up and it was just easy to just walk around and pass out business cards and say hey shoot us a message if you're interested this is what we want to this is what we want to create in the future um and go from there. We actually have a really cool picture on our Instagram page of our first pub where it was just the three of us. And then three years later um, at the um, the League Cup final where we unfortunately lost to, to City, but we took a picture outside and then went from three people to, you know, 150. And, and we made a little collage that said from this to this. Um, but really social media and, you know, I, I couldn't thank the bigger groups enough, Baltimore, Chicago, New York for just in Boston. Can't forget Boston. Um, just telling us how to do it. And, and that's my biggest advice to anybody wanting to start a group. You know, if you start seeing the same people over and over again, reach out to the established groups. We, we, we've been there. We've done that. Um, people are, you know, astounded that we started from three people. So. You know, who knows? There may be somebody across the bar from you that you don't know. Maybe they're not wearing a jersey, but you're watching the same match and just go from there. You know, actually, I'm going to have to say the business card. Yeah, it does. I mean, on paper, you know, it does sound maybe corny, but I think it's a great idea because like you're saying, you just never know. And it doesn't really cost anything. It probably makes it a lot more official, too. It's something to remind you that, hey, yeah, that's right. Those guys kind of thing when you go home after the bar. You know, you might not remember what happened in the bar when you go home, but when you find a business card in your pocket afterwards, it'll at least remind you of what it was going on. So do you guys do any, like, special activities? Uh, obviously, you guys gather around for the, you know, watching the games and stuff like that, but uh, do you guys do any, like, charity work and things like that? Um, so we, we raised um, 
the cha- the last year's Champions League final, not the one where we lost to Real Madrid, we did a lot of uh, football squares. Uh, for those people that don't know what football squares are, um, it's a board of of a hundred squares, and, and we put all kinds of numbers down. And every time there's a goal scored, whoever has that square, you know, they win a little bit of money. So we did that. We did. Um, um, one of our guys, he went above and beyond, and he won a signed Virgil jersey, and he put it up for auction. And so we raised money for that. And we donated it all to Sean Cox. Um, one of the other things that we do is every year um, there was a, a Tottenham fan who was very well known in, in the Pittsburgh soccer area, and unfortunately he passed away this past year. So we would have a huge um, supporters group tournament and we would actually play at the Riverhound Stadium the, our USL team in Pittsburgh and we would get teams from Tottenham uh, Nottingham Forest uh, West Ham um, you know w- we had so many that we had to enter two in one year um, Arsenal would play Man U and we would just play a huge uh, uh, supporters group tournament um, it was sponsored by one of the pubs in Pittsburgh and, and the Riverhounds any money that was raised there went to charity. So um, we do that kind of stuff. But, um, you know, other than that, we we do um, any of the extra money that we have from like scarves and things like that. We like to donate to um, our local soccer area, um, high schools, you know, uh, groups, things like that, that maybe kids can't afford cleats or something like that. And, and we can give money there. That's nice. I mean, and that's, you know, something that I hear like a lot of sport clubs do, especially within their community. And I think that's that's kind of like makes it even more special, which kind of like that's one thing I was going to ask. I mean, do you notice any is there like a significant difference between like in terms of the environment between, you know, being official and having a lot more numbers? Uh, Does being official kind of like bring something else to the table? So this is an unpopular opinion. But in my mind, being official is almost not worth the hassle, to to be honest. Um, And and I don't know what it's like from just being a group member, but I I know what it's like from from running it, where they have such strict logo rules, for instance. We had a suite, and I'm not just saying this because I'm biased, but (laughs) we we had an awesome logo that, that... that we used for LFC Pittsburgh. And it, it incorporated bridges because Pittsburgh is the city of bridges and um, had the liver bird on it and things like that. We're no longer allowed to use that. We have to use the stock crest. And underneath it, it says Official Supporters Club Pittsburgh, whereas before we could be known as LFC Pittsburgh. Um, now, there are perks, don't get me wrong. You know, we can request tickets, which you aren't guaranteed to, re- um, to, to be allocated. Um, and the club will send you some, some you know, if you request a signed jersey or something, and raffle off. They, they, they'll try to accommodate you in that way. But um, the, other than the ticket, there's really no difference between unofficial and official. Um, you know, people are going to do things like, I, I know they say that, you know, we have permission to use the liver bird uh, uh, once you become official. Well, between you, me, and whoever's listening, there's ways around that. Um, if 
you find a, a company that will produce merchandise, they'll produce merchandise for you. But, you know, I, I don't really notice a difference other than the tickets, which are awesome, and just the, the camaraderie that you get from other groups. But I've seen groups that are unofficial and and they take off just as well. So it, it's a question that you have to ask yourself. You know, yes, it does help recruiting, um, but I've 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 heard of some that are, you know, maybe even thinking about revoking and, and giving up their official status. I don't know if that'll ever come to be. Um, so, you know, it's just one of those things that you have to ask yourself as a group, what do you want? Uh, I got you. Yeah, I, I guess I assumed, I mean, most of the, like, based on the feedback I've gotten, I kind of assumed, yeah, it would really speed up uh, recruiting because, I mean, it's a lot easier to, I, I think it's a lot easier to find, obviously, because you can find it through the Liverpool website as well. And not to mention, I think it kind of, like, gives it a more, uh, like, a legit look to it as opposed to, you know, finding a small group that kind of got together online. It's, you know, just the fact that it's official and it's almost like recognized by Liverpool, I kind of assumed it would bring like a lot more uh, Liverpool cred, if you will. It, it does. It does do that. I, I'm, I'm not going to lie. It, it, it does help in that way. And it also, you know, you're not going to get a cease and desist letter in the mail because you illegally use the logo type deal. Um, but, you know, again... It's it's more hassle for the people running it, and it's not a huge hassle. I mean, I'm I'm not trying to say that it's like running a Fortune 500 company or anything like that, <laughs> but you know, we we are subjected to audits through the through LFC. Um, they'll search all of our social media pages and things like that, and make sure we're up to date on the logos. And 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 every year we have to not so much reapply, but we have to reprove that we have the, the right amount of numbers. Um, and then you're also supposed to have a, uh, a guideline, a, um, a bylaw, a club bylaw, um, and have an annual meeting to where, you know, you discuss things. And, and what we do in Pittsburgh is we, we open up our committee to um, every two years the, the positions will run for two years, and then um, we, we run an election. So chairman, vice chair, secretary, and treasurer go for uh, two years, and then we have um, a position that we call member at large, and it's kind of like the liaison between, you know, the regular group and the committee. So some people feel intimidated to, you know, come up to me or come up to our vice chair and ask a question or, you know, have suggestions. But, you know, if there's somebody else that they feel like isn't on that committee that they can come up to, and, you know, it works as a liaison. It works pretty well. I mean, I'm very approachable, um, happy-go-lucky. I let stuff roll off my shoulders all the time. I know that not everybody likes uh, the chairman and, and, you know, you're not gonna hurt my feelings. I'm a big boy, so. Um, <laughs> Just, I think just, sometimes the title itself, regardless of who is carrying the title, people can be, I don't want to say intimidated, but just don't feel as comfortable approaching that title. would rather go through a different arm, if you will. Uh, that's actually a good position to have in that sense. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it basically, I mean, it sounded like, you know, five, six people on the management side of things to kind of like take care of all the issues. Yeah, we, we like to have um, either five or seven. Sometimes we'll have uh, uh, two members at large, and, um, 
sometimes we'll just have one. That way, if there is anything that comes up for a vote, we have the the odd numbers, so it's not going to be a, a, a hung jury type deal. Um, you know, we we do produce scarves. Um, we just did our second run this year for our fifth anniversary, and and we like to send it out and, and have the design voted on and things like that. And um, you know, people just see the last two or three designs; they don't realize the you know, the 10 or 20 that had to be weeded out first. And that came from the, the committee saying, oh, I like this, but maybe we could switch the color here or switch this background to this and things like that. So um, we, we do like to keep it, you know, a small, tight-knit group, um, but we do like to have new blood in all the time also. You know, I've been running it since 2012, so I've been on the board seven years now. And I'm trying to think... I think this will be the first year that that we really had. You know, I think three of the four are are really new guys, which is which is nice. I like that. I, I like having new ideas in. And you know, I'm 37. I'm getting up there. I have two kids at home and things like that. So who knows how much longer I'll be able to do this for? And that way, they get their feet wet. You know, before um, anything happens. So. Uh, if you think 37 is getting up there, I got some news for you, buddy. But okay. Um, <laughs> so, but sounds like obviously, I mean, you know, with anything where you're running a group of people, obviously there's some work on it. But uh, I assume like a game day uh, is reward, like a game day atmosphere is kind of like rewarding enough to put in all that work at the end of the day. Oh, yeah, without oh, yeah. a doubt. Um, you know, it was, it was awesome. Um, just seeing, you know, even if it's only 10 people come out and just say, you know, that you helped to do this. Um, you know, I don't take credit for, for nearly, you know, everything that we do. It's, it's not just me. Um, we wouldn't be a group without the members. Um, so it was, you know, seeing the Champions League final and people coming up to you and saying thanks and everything like that. I'm like, dude, I didn't do anything. I just, you know, got everybody together. You guys did everything else. Without the without the members, you have no group. Um, it was pretty cool, though. I, I will have to admit that one of our uh, one of our members went out and bought a life size uh, replica of Big Ol' Ears, and uh, uh, he brought it to the to the to the final. And we kept it under lock and key until that second goal went in, and then he ran out to his car and got it, and we got to raise it and take team take group picks with it and things like that. <laughs> and it, it, it was pretty cool with that. Um, but, you know, like I said, I, I can't say it enough. With, with, without the group, we, there is, you know, without the members, we have no group. Yeah, and that's kind of like our hope with these Spotlight uh, podcasts, too, and through the website with our map and everything like that. So if you're in the Pittsburgh area, for example, and uh, you want to connect with, like, uh, other Reds fans to watch a game together, like, cheer and sing together, uh, you can kind of, like, you know, listen to this, get some feedback about it. You know, we'll have all the links and stuff like that, of course, where they can contact you guys uh, and then, you know, find out where you guys meet and stuff like that. Because, yeah, I mean, I know I can speak for myself. Well, I did not realize how many other Liverpool fans were within my area and within the U.S. So I kind of like started the, you know, like the blog a few years back, uh, just the scope of it is unbelievable. And it's almost like it's always like rewarding to be able to, even if you're connecting, like you're saying, like 10, 15 people, uh, it's always like nice to know. And, you know, like you're saying, if you're like from another city, you're in Pittsburgh, uh, you want to kind of like watch a game. You can kind of like look it up, find other Reds fans and like have a good time uh, cheering on the Reds. So uh, 
any other uh, things that you would like to tell us about uh, Pittsburgh before we wrap the spotlight? Uh, not that I can think of off the top of my head. I mean, we're always open to having visitors. Um, we do like to do scarf exchanges. So if somebody brings a scarf, we'll gladly exchange one of our new ones with you guys. Um, but other than that, you know, everybody's welcome unless you are a the blue side of Merseyside. Um, but it's, it's all good. Um, you know, Pittsburgh is, Pittsburgh can be intimidating around football season, but it's just the Yenzers in us. So, um, everybody's <laughs> welcome. So. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I know, like I said, my wife is from that area and yeah, I know what a big football area it is and it is starting. So I'm sure everybody over there is itching for action. So, well, thanks a lot for joining us. Uh, we appreciate your time and kind of giving us like a background and information on the Pittsburgh group. Um, and thanks for listening. Uh, if you want more information on the Pittsburgh group or other sporting club groups, uh, go ahead and have a head over to AmericanScouser.com. Uh, we have a section where you can see a map in terms of like where you can join these groups, uh, as well as information on the groups themselves, their social media addresses and stuff like that. So you can get in touch with other Reds fans. Uh, thank you again and see you on the next podcast episode.